0: Hey, everybody. This is Sean Daly with Green Talk Radio. Very excited today to be doing another installment in our Green Blogger series. And today's guest is Paul Smith, who is very well known to many of those in the Lojas industry. He's a blogger for the sites TriplePundit.com and Ecopreneurist.com. Two green business-focused sites, Triple Pundit is a conversation about conscious, responsible business in the context of today's environmental and social challenges, and Ecopreneurist provides news and advice on sustainable and social entrepreneurship. Paul is also the founder of Greensmith Consulting, which helps businesses go green with integrity, transparency, and power. He has an MBA in sustainable management from Presidio School of Management in San Francisco. Paul, welcome to the program. Thanks very much. Well, it is great to have you. Let's just jump in by, I, you know, you, well, let me start by just saying, that, you know, you and I actually came in contact with each other through this whole world of new media and social networking. Uh, I think we discovered each other on, on Twitter. Uh, for those of you who are not on Twitter, it's a microblogging site that is also really a conversational community uh, of people talking back and forth and uh, sort of has to be experienced. It's tough to explain, but it's also quite addictive, <laughs> I sure, as we've discovered, um, but but very cool for networking with uh, folks in, in within one's industry. Um, so so I, I first heard about you on uh, on there, and then realized I already knew you from uh, the writing that you had done on on the two sites that I mentioned. So I'm curious to just to have you tell us uh, your story and how you came to be both both a writer as well as a green blogger.
1: Well, uh, it's a, actually sort of an interesting story about. Four, three or four years ago i got west Nile virus and i nearly died from it
0: whoa i yeah. did not know that <laughs> <laughs> i didn't see that on your twitter stream wow
1: <laughs> that's 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 that was quite tempting. Three twitter days um, but yeah and so i came back from that and and i had really like a second chance in, in life you know i thought geez what am i gonna do with it and uh i was talking with a friend who is uh, an intuitive among other things and and she said to me we were in a restaurant and she looks around and i said what do you see me doing next and she says there's something to do with the colors of the the walls here in the restaurant they were orange and green and sustainability and utney magazine I said, what and uh the next day i started seeing sustainability things everywhere and i realized that my interests that i thought were under all these different categories all sort of were within this realm of sustainability um Uh, Ode Magazine is one of my favorite magazines out there and it's just I was always inspired by what the people would do in there just creating solutions where they seem to be just impossibilities and I wanted to do that myself too and so now with this renewed commitment to do something with my life I realized it had to be within the realm of sustainable business uh, and then I, I started searching and I found Presidio School of Management which was in San Francisco where I lived nearby at the time and uh, as you might guess the website is orange and green the same colors as that restaurant and they and they advertise in Utney magazine <laughs> so I so I ended up going through that program got an MBA uh, which it's really it was quite a good program to help bridge between green business and how it's done now rather than just being an us versus them sort of thing so that i was better able to sort of speak the language of who how people that are doing things the typical way now and then bridge them into doing things how they could be and then where it leads to blogging is that one of my classmates uh, nick astor he's one of the founders of treehugger.com uh he also started triple pundit and had asked me if i wanted to write on there which I agreed to and started doing that oh, probably a year and a half ago. And from there, through various connections, ended up connecting with Jeff from Green Options, which is a whole group of blogs, uh, and ended up running for ecopreneurist.
0: And I, who, who I should say was a recently a guest on uh, the show as well, on the Green Blogger series, uh, Jeff McIntyre-Strasburg.
1: Yeah, exactly. Um, and then just in the process of, uh, after getting out of, Uh, the Presidio program, I found that I just was skilled in a lot of different areas and that I could offer things to many different businesses. And so I created a consulting company called Greensmith Consulting as well.
0: Now, being a writer, just focusing on the blogging side, I want to ask you about uh, Greensmith as well. But being a writer for for two different blogs, I can just imagine you must have a lot of uh, green ideas and and developments coming across your desk all the time. Are there any in particular that, that have you excited right now that you'd want to share?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, in the past couple of weeks, it's been really on my radar the whole idea of a uh, distributed energy grid, um, the same sort of model as, as in how file sharing is done. The whole you know MP three file sharing, where it's you know not just a central computer, it's you know several computers all over the place, taking the load as need be wherever in the world it needs to be. And the same idea is popping up for energy, rather than just having uh, you know these big fixed coal-fired power plants, Uh, the idea is to have many, many places that are, uh, you know, using renewable sources to get energy, and they they generate more than they need, put it into the system, and then as the needs shift from place to place, the energy goes there, Um, and with a more distributed grid it's it's actually stronger because rather than you know if the central place gets knocked out you've got hundreds of thousands of people power out if some one person among this grid has issues that's okay because there's so many more that are out there and it's it's not a it's not just talk it's happening right now there's uh, in europe right now there's uh, a property company there that uh, they're building I think it's like a 250 thousand square foot property that's going to generate enough excess electricity to power 14 homes for a year and if if you imagine many of those you know small big medium all these different sizes putting energy out there and you know sharing with one another it's it's a pretty powerful way to have a really reliable source of energy in the future
0: yeah that's very cool so is this something that you guys have covered editorially on, on ecopreneurist? No, um, it actually hasn't. I haven't done that yet.
1: Um, I haven't seen a particular company that that's helping harness this yet, so it doesn't necessarily fit within the blog. Um, it's something that just personally, I, I overall as a sustainable, you know, blogger and, and consultancy, is something that's going to be pretty powerful in the future.
0: Looking into your green crystal ball of business in the future. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. And if if people want to read about that, there's an article about it in the current issue of Ode magazine. Uh, and also there's a website called Celsius, which is spelled with an A uh, at the end. And they have an article there, too, talking about how there'd be powers, you know, starting up from the Nordic countries, uh, wind power and, you know, uh, wave generate power down into the, the African countries using solar power, you know, putting that, that out throughout the deserts.
0: Yes, Celsius. Actually, I was recently in a conversation with uh, – they're based out of New Zealand, I believe. Is that yeah. correct? Yes, yeah, yeah. So I was in conversation with somebody who's a, a writer over there. So that's a good. So it's dot uh, com. Yes. Okay. Great. Well, you know, and Paul, just switching gears a little bit, um, you know, we're hearing a lot these days, and I think in some cases feeling, <laughs> a lot of green fatigue um, that's sort of settling in for, for a lot of consumers, again, even really for some, I think, journalists who cover the space and bloggers and so forth. I'm curious about how you personally keep from becoming green-saturated <laughs> it's, a
1: good, it's a good question because you know i mean in my work that's that's you know i i am sitting in it all day long and i think what inspires me is just seeing the increasing number of of uh large conventional companies uh seeing a different way to do business and and going for it um for instance like seeing out there, frito-lay apparently they're uh converting one of their factories uh, it's from using enough natural gas for 13,000 homes a year to now they're going to convert it to solar and biomass powered entirely. And, you know, if Frito-Lay, that, you know, the junk food company, yay, when you grew up, is doing that, I think that's pretty amazing.
0: Yeah. Well, it's, it's definitely a good sign. And it's interesting that you brought up this. This sort of harkens back to something that came up in an interview that I did with Star Vartan of EcoCheck. We were talking about authenticity within the industry and sort of evaluating green companies. So that's something I want to say for for after the, the break, but I, I want to come back to that. Um, and at this point, we're actually going to go ahead and take that break. And we'll be right back on Green Talk Radio. We are talking today with Paul Smith. He's a blogger for the sites com and Ecopreneurist.com, two green business focus sites, as well as being the Founder of Greensmith Consulting. We'll be right back on Green Talk Radio. Thanks, everybody. And we're back on Green Talk Radio. This is Sean Daly talking today with green blogger Paul Smith. He blogs for the sites TriplePundit.com and Ecopreneurist.com. They're business-focused sites, and he's also the founder of Greensmith Consulting. Paul, we were talking for the break about your background, and we were talking a little bit about after that about green fatigue uh, and how to avoid that and how you avoid that in, uh, with the the, um, the you know voluminous amount of information coming across your desk related to green business ideas, and, and I can only imagine what else. Um, I, I wanted to to switch gears a little bit to talk about your writing and, and what what keeps you inspired to, to write with all, all the writing you're currently doing
1: I think what inspires me most is when I, I see the, the conversations that go on as a result of what I've written um, you know you you sometimes sit there writing in, in your your office and you you don't realize or you forget <clears throat> what a uh, an effect that it has out there and who's reading it you know you, for instance I wrote, I wrote about this uh, coconut milk. Based ice cream
0: recently, and uh, I love that stuff. By the way, I just coconut bliss. That stuff, that stuff is awesome.
1: <laughs> to say. No doubt. I mean, that's you know, it was I. I wrote about that because it was you know something that I, I like it myself, and I said, oh, I'm going to contact them. I'd like to you know get them more exposed. So I did that, and then watching the conversations unfold on there, where people said, oh my god, this is great. I I I really don't like soy and rice based ice cream. I can't have dairy, and it's so good to know that there's this option out here, and I'm going to go find. And it's like you know I created a new possibility for somebody out there because of what I wrote And so that that definitely inspires me.
0: yeah that's that's really cool. It's funny you mentioned that company because we just got some of that the other day. My mom came over and and uh, she was raving about it to to my wife and the grandkids and <laughs> she's you know I was like, all right, we'll go get it and uh, the kid the kids don't like coconut so much so they it was they're comparing it to Baskin Robbins, but my wife and I were like, yeah because so, it has the agave in uh, it. Is, so it's really low on the um, glycemic index and, yeah. um, you know, and, and and the chocolate one doesn't actually taste too much uh, like coconut. Actually, the vanilla one's a little bit of a hint, but I like coconut. So that wasn't a problem for me. Anyway, yeah. not, to, not to digress, but that stuff is really good. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, so I'm curious also about where do you see things going in general?
1: Yeah. It's, I mean, it's a kind of a, a moving target these days, but what i see is that uh increasingly people will see that it's just common sense to do business in in this way that it's not just a, a trendy thing that it's i mean right now it is a bit of a trendy thing with the whole slapping a green label and things but the underlying operational chain making changes in how you do business in a way that's more efficient and uh you know it's going to increase the longevity of the supplies you use to make your whatever you make and increase the the well, the, the, uh, the good opinion that people have of your business. I think that it'll become just business, not green business after a while.
0: Yeah. Well, hopefully it'll just be integrated into what you have to do. It's sort of like having having an accountant or keeping the books. It's like you you must be acting as a company, uh, just as, as an individual in, in sustainable ways to sort of even uh, be uh, effective and competitive in the market, uh, both in terms of the um, manufacturing processes and the logistics of business as well as politically in the perception from the consumer audience um, but but that sort of begs another question, Paul, which is how do we <laughs> really in this sort of wild west industry that we 're in? Uh, How do we evaluate these companies and their authenticity in making the claims that they do? I mean, I know you do a lot of that kind of work with the Greensmith Consulting side of things and in consulting with these companies to educate them on that. What are you telling them and how do we determine uh, who's green and who's not?
1: That, I mean, basically it boils down to transpar- transparency and honesty. Uh, it's, you know, no company is 100% green. There, There's always something in there that's going to have an impact. And I think not overstating what you, you do, just being clear and honest about it. I mean, for instance, Cliff Bar is a good, a good example. They started converting their company to a more sustainable way of doing business around 2001 or so. And, you know, they still say this is a, a journey in progress and they, they don't uh, hide the, the things that they, they haven't been able to, to meet what they would like to have as a standard. So also as a consumer, it's just basically, if you can um, do your homework, you know, take a look into this company and, and see, do, do they walk the talk that they're they're putting out there? And don't just go by something saying that it's that there's no uh, it's not petroleum-based because if it, they're just going on one factor, that it, it's it's not something you know. Look and see, does that something that they're replacing it with is that going to be the equal or perhaps more impact? But it just isn't less of an obvious uh,
0: target, right? Are you, are you <laughs> trading one devil for another in yeah. some cases? Yeah. yeah, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And, and you know, and I'm wondering too. I mean, what are your thoughts on? On the authenticity side and sort of evaluation, I mean, we have some organizations out there like the Forest Stewardship Council, um, but there aren't. The, the, we don't really have any centralized body or organization or standards organization to evaluate uh, across the board. Is there anything happening there in, in that area uh, to, to help with that, or are consumers still sort of still on their own? Uh...
1: It depends on the industry. I mean, they're they're you know, of course, with with foods, they've got you know, there's the USD organic standard, and in, depending on what country you're in, there's different official standards for that. Europe tends to be more ahead of us, and as far as that goes, of having uh, standards that are that are consumer facing. There's a lot of uh, in you know in uh, business industrial facing standards that are within the U.S., but uh, as far as out to the, the consumer, they're they they're not so much there. I think what it is is that uh, in, in the next couple of years, that that's just going to have to happen because people are getting more educated and they're they're wanting to be uh, spoken to more straightly and. The market's going to just demand that that be so, so it'll it'll happen. Um, because if you get all these, you know, pseudo green labels that don't mean anything, and it gets exposed, that's going to that's going to hurt everybody.
0: Exactly, it risks implosion of of the whole concept, really. Uh, if yeah. you that happening enough, and you know, and, and a, sort of as a corollary to that, follow up. Um, you know what becomes also difficult, in in my estimation, is where we have the, some of the larger corporations that acquire companies that are acting sustainably, that are you know doing it right, that you know at some point sell out. Um, and, and I'm not faulting those companies because I understand they're also a business and they have that right, and that's a sort of a foundation of you know of our economy and, and capitalism. But, yeah. but when that happens, it becomes particularly difficult. We were using the example of uh, companies that have been somewhat um, PR challenged in the past about being green, companies like Clorox. That manufacture a lot of products that are very harmful when put down the drain, for example. Yeah. You know, in terms of containers and things like that, they acquire a company like, for example, Burt's Bees that had a really good reputation as being a very green company. How do we then evaluate those companies as a whole when really they're a conglomerate multinational corporation that has within it both green and ungreen elements? That's where it seems to get really tricky.
1: Yeah, and, and with that, actually, that's that's been sort of a, a peeve of mine over over the years. It's when people uh, judge companies just overall as a bad company because they, they do these things that that are you know not so green in, in some aspects, and uh, they're, they're not entirely green. Like Walmart's another example of that. I think that it's it's. Companies deserve to be acknowledged when they they do take positive steps forward, and sure, definitely challenge them on, on what they they still need to, to go uh to go further, but don't just outright you know discount them because they've they've uh uh they're not entirely there. And with Clorox, actually, what from what I've heard, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but they were creating a, a green cleaning cleaning product line, which. Uh, was actually quite good uh, and they did their, their homework and studied the science to create some quite good products
0: yeah yes actually, and star was using them as an example of company that's doing uh, that it is doing a lot of good things and and didn't perhaps deserve i don't want to you know misparaphrase what she said but but she was actually talking about some of the good things they are doing, but that it's a mixed bag, and so it wasn 't so much that they were a bad example, just that an example of a large company that had both sides and and it really was speaking to the more general topic of how how do we then as consumers. Uh, and, and his businesses and so forth evaluate those companies or just, just what you know the challenge that sort of inherently exists there when, when it is a mixed bag. But I liked what you said. I've I not heard it said that way, and I think that that's really important. Which is that for them to just be forthcoming about here, this is a journey. Here's where we are. The transparency side—that's what I think we don't get. What what we tend to get as consumers more often, at least from my view, is these large companies that say, "Hey, look, we just got these guys, right?" And and so you're like, <laughs> "Okay, but like, what am I supposed to do with that? I'm supposed to think you're you're just green now because hey, you yes. own this one you own this one brand. That's a brand acquisition. You know, that's that's strategic, you know, business and, and politically. Um, yeah. So I think that that sort of if it becomes thematic within the company. that would be more impressive, at least to me personally, where I'm seeing that this is part of an overall trend. We're going to take our existing brands and products that we're going to make them greener, but in the meantime, we're also seeing these as strategic acquisitions within that, that as an overall corporate strategy and belief system. That would mean a little bit more.
1: For sure, and it was interesting to watch with Birds Bees that you know, yes, they were acquired by a large company, but then I don't know if you noticed, but the advertising for them actually became much more aggressive and was was talking about you know these ingredients versus these ingredients in other products. Which I, the first thought that came to my mind is, does, does the other the other products that that company makes outside of Birds Bees do they have those chemicals that they're, they're talking about? <laughs> yeah,
0: is there, is there consistency here? Yeah, that, That's an interesting I'll have, to, I'll have to look into that That's, that's an interesting thought um, Great, well we're going to take one last break And we will be back talking with Paul Smith He's a blogger for the sites TriplePundit.com And Ecopreneurs.com And he's also the founder of his own business That does green business consulting Called Greensmith Consulting You can find them online at GreensmithConsulting.com We'll be right back on Green Talk Radio And we're back on Green Talk Radio. This is Sean Daly talking with blogger Paul Smith. He's a blogger for the sites TriplePundit.com and Ecopreneurist.com. He's also the founder of Greensmith Consulting, and they consult with businesses on their green strategies, both uh, internally and externally. So, Paul, we were talking about this industry and you know sort of uh, trends in, in green business and, and authenticity and transparency within companies that are making green claims. Stepping back from all of that, do you see all of this as ultimately being a fad? Looking back into that green crystal ball we were talking about earlier, <laughs> do, do you see all of this being a fad in, in the larger view? I mean, over, over time, say 10, 15, 20 years or even more, or, or is there really long-term staying power here?
1: I think both because uh, you, you can see it everywhere that there's a lot of companies that are just sort of jumping on it, putting green wherever they can because it's a popular thing these days. And I think... That part, the, the trendiness, the, the, the popular social credibility sort of thing, that, that will probably fade, but I think that the, the lessons learned from how to from companies that actually really do mean their business in a meaningful way and see the benefits and the the long-term benefit to their brand and and their sales, that's going to stick around because it's, you know, basically when you're a business person, you want to see what helps the company keep lasting and keep making more money. And if you see these things are doing that, you're going to keep doing it. And there's more and more examples that are going to be popping up around that. And I think with the diminishing uh, energy supplies for what we conventionally used uh, happening there's there 's got to be more of a, uh, investment in renewable energy sources and just being creative with reusing what you use in, in your business for energy sources you know like for instance with the beer companies uh, taking the, the the dregs of what they produce to to use for biomass based energy production in their own factory and I think people always want to be creative and innovative in what they do. And this is going to be an ongoing thing in business. I see.
0: Good. Well, that's, like uh, certainly a positive vision, vision of the future there. And I, I hope that that's true. And I hope, like you said, going back to a different version of the word, uh, transparency, I hope this just becomes sort of an assumption in businesses and in the future so that uh, it doesn't even require the attention. It's just sort of in there automatically and that we can, we can trust it. But that's a, I, I don't know if that's a realistic vision, but it's one that I like to dream of sometimes. <laughs> so, well, thanks again for, for being with us. Our guest today has been Paul Smith. He is a blogger for the sites triple and ecopreneurist.com. He's also the founder of Greensmith Consulting that helps businesses in their efforts to go green. And Paul, again, thank you for coming on and sharing all this information with our audience.
1: Thanks for having me here.
0: Thanks as always to everyone listening in today. Remember, for more free on-demand podcasts, articles, videos, and other information related to living a greener lifestyle, visit our website at www.greenlivingideas.com. We'd also love to hear your comments, feedback, and questions. Send us an email at editors at greenlivingideas.com.
1: Find more great shows like this on personallifemedia.com.